All right, everybody, welcome to the Will Ford Show. This is episode 100. We finally made it. And I have a guest on the 100th episode. He's going to be with me through the whole thing. Jordan Kleppner, who was on a while ago. It seems like forever. It's been a while since I've seen you, man. How are you doing? I'm, um, I'm doing good. You know, just trying to stay healthy and my six feet away from everyone. Yeah, that's big facts. I know this this coronavirus <laughs> situation, man, is it sucks being confined to your house, you know, for we don't know how long. It could be a couple weeks, a couple months. We don't know. It's it's a pretty scary situation. Yeah, I saw it's like like this whole like anxiety, egg panic like era we're going through right now. It's supposed to last until at least past the summer. Mm-hmm. So like we have yeah. we have to go through this for at least three or four more months. It's it's crazy. Like yeah, like yeah, we're not even at our peak yet. That's what some projections are saying. So, like our peak isn't supposed to be until like May or June, which is unbelievable. Which is why I guess everybody's shutting down everything. Sports across the world are shut down. Schools are shut down throughout most of the country. I mean, that's. But the thing is, we don't even know if this is going to work. Right. Is the, like this could be an overreaction, which I'm fine if it's an overreaction because you'd rather overreact or than underreact. Exactly. But, but we may not even know if this this works or not, because everybody's going to be stuck in their house for two weeks, three weeks, a month, and then their immune system's going to kind of be weaker because they're not exposed to anything, and then they go back out into the outside world after this is supposedly quote unquote contained, and then we just restart this vicious cycle back up. So I like that's now that's just a worst case scenario from my end, but you you never know, right? Yeah, it's like. I'm continuing to work through this and whatnot. And I think I've seen probably the same amount of people, if not more, as I was leaving my work, because everyone was kind of like rushing out the door. There were like mm-hmm. huddles of people going out. And it's like, it's not even, it feels like what we're doing right now, from my perspective anyway, doesn't even seem like it's like taking into effect like what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and kids our age, well, I say kids, we're adults, but people our age are thinking this is like spring break 2.0 and want to go down to Florida or go to Cali or right. I don't know, go over, go overseas or something. And they, cause plane ticket prices, they're, they're really cheap. Gas prices are really cheap, but for an unrelated reason, not related to the coronavirus, but people think it's a great idea to go travel and stuff. And then now they're stuck in Florida for way longer than they want to be right. in quarantine. So like, I, I don't know why people thought it was a great idea to go and travel. It sounds great, but when you realize it's a it's a global pandemic, like what are you doing? Yeah, people aren't like taking this as seriously as it should, and it shows by like the each amount of like increasing like cases that's happening. I, I don't know. I don't get it. But when the NBA shut down, when they postponed its season, it seemed like it was like snap in a second when they found out Rudy Gobert had it. I mean, the whole world stopped. What was your reaction when the NBA decided to postpone the season? Well, I was watching the like Thunder Jazz um, like pregame stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I was watching it too. Because um, I kind of got into gambling or whatever, so like I was kind of waiting for the game to start or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, they were all on the court, and then you see OKC's trainer sprint by the camera. Yeah, and, and yeah. you're like, okay, whatever. What? And then the game doesn't start and whatnot, and like, it's like a half, like a half hour before the, like after the tip was supposed to go, 
I'm just like, dude, what is going on? And then all of a sudden, like, um, Woj starts tweeting out, there's a player on the Jazz with it, whatever, y'all, like, all of this. And then it finds out it's Gobert. And then, like, my immediate thought was the teams that he's played before. And then it was, what about all the fans in the crowd? Because the stadium was packed. And it was, I was just, like, in a shock that, like, all of a sudden that, like, the league stopped. Right. Because there was the, it was a Pelicans, I forget who they were playing. It was New Orleans and someone. Uh, they the were, Kings, I think. Yeah. They were supposed to play, so I was waiting on that to start. And then it found out that the uh, one of the refs and that was supposed to referee that game was a ref with the yeah, Jazz and the Raptors teams, The teams didn't want to go out and play. Yeah. Right. Like, so it's like at that point, you kind of knew that there wasn't even a chance for those games to be played, knowing that like half of the league almost had to be quarantined and tested. Yeah, and, OKC was in the Jazz locker room for like – I don't know, it was like six hours like mm-hmm. or something like that, like past midnight, which would have been it would have been a different time for them, a time zone shift. But like where we live in Ohio, it was past midnight by the time I, they got released, I think. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it's yeah. a long time. I was in shock for sure. It just like just happened like in a split second because then I was watching the the Mavs game. I forget who they were playing, but I was watching the Mavs and they said, we've got breaking news when we come back or whatever. And I was like, what? Okay. And we come back and then you, yeah, you start seeing the stuff about Gobert and, and everything. The fortunately he wasn't in the arena that day. Right. Uh, at all. So, but Donovan Mitchell had it mm-hmm. and he was going to play. If that, if they had not found out that Gobert had it, Mitchell was going to play and come in contact with the referees, maybe fans court side, the other players, it could have made the situation a lot worse, to say the least. Yeah, it. I'd say that they were lucky. We were lucky that they like found it kind of early on before, mm-hmm. like it could have got really, really bad. Like the the really the the thing that makes it even worse it was Gobert. Like a couple of days prior, was at a press conference, and as a joke, he decided to stand up and rub his hands all over every single reporter's microphone before he left, like taking it as a joke, and then come find yeah. out he had the coronavirus the whole time, so he probably infected those reporters too. Yeah, but I, like I, um, I feel like no, no one took it seriously to start, and then now everything shut down, and everybody is now finally taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, as, like, the little premature cases that was going on, like, before Rudy Gobert happened, no one really kind of took it serious. Right. And then, like, the impact that all the the sports has, like, on our daily lives, now that that's changed, people, like, realize that, like, this is a real thing and that Mm -hmm. it should be taken serious because, like, you come home, like you kind of mess around, do whatever until about five or six. And then there's like XFL games on, there's NBA games on spring training Mm -hmm. was happening during the MLB hockey was on all of it just got shut down completely. And then like people realize that as they're not doing this stuff that like, wow, like someone in Cleveland could have it. And then that could transfer to someone in Columbus that could happen to someone in Zanesville. Right. By the time it's in Zanesville, it could be in Cambridge. So I, 
Uh, it's it, already in in St. Clairsville. I mean, it's yeah. pretty much already in our own backyard, so it's pretty close. So all it takes is for one person to go there and and then come back to Guernsey County and uh oh. So yeah, it, it's crazy. It's just it's so weird because you just don't know. You don't know if you have it. You don't know if someone else has it, and that person could feel totally, completely healthy and fine, not a sniffle, not a cough, and be all peachy. But everything's not all peachy, right? It's, that's like it's crazy. It was like how Donovan Mitchell was on Good Morning America, and he he said that he felt like he could play like a seven game series right now, mm-hmm. like no symptoms whatsoever. It, it it's nuts that's for sure yeah i mean and this thing is still it's still changing daily we don't know when sports are going to come back um hopefully it's sooner rather than later because pretty soon i'm going to run out of stuff to talk about but i guess with that we'll we'll transition into some nfl news free agency is about the only thing that's satisfying our hunger for sports right now the big fish tom brady left your beloved Patriots and I assume your favorite player of all time, go ahead and say your goodbye to Tom Brady as he heads to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. Okay. Tom, I started watching you when I was about eight or nine. I was using you and Madden 04 on the GameCube. I think you became my favorite player. You won a lot of rings. Some that I experienced, some that I didn't. I hate to see you go. But a fully $50 million guaranteed contract would probably take me anywhere in the world. So can't hate on you for that. It was a good run. I don't want to see you leave, but it's not my choice, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that you're going to have more than one person to throw to with Chris Goblin and Mike Evans. You kind you kind of left Julian Edelman out the dust, but Stidham's going to replace you, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, hope to see you in Tampa next year in February, dude. There you go. Beautiful. Beautiful. I know, I know it's sad. No, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not in your shoes having a quarterback on your team for 20 years and growing up watching him your whole life you win six super bowls and then have him just up and leave granted he's i mean he's 42 years old he doesn't have too much left in the tank but he's still a decent quarterback and i mean it sucks because you want to see him retire a patriot yeah that's it never really felt like it was a real threat for him to leave until i i always thought he was gonna stay yeah because mm-hmm. I always thought he was kind of just doing it for like, not like attention, but like he was like wanting to feel like the full free agent experience. And then I feel like he would, that would have put enough pressure on New England to like give him what he wanted. But right. Belichick, you know how he is. He doesn't really cater to players' demands that much. So I. The guy single handedly responsible for. Getting you six rings, or at least a huge part in it, and can't even go out and get him a wide receiver or like a left tackle or something just to give him a little help. 
Well, that's all he the wanted. Thing. Like the the night that he announced that he wasn't returning to New England, it was the day that Diggs got traded to Buffalo, and uh, I think the Hopkins get traded that same day. I believe so. I think it was before Diggs got traded. I mean, regardless, they both got traded. I think they both got traded the same day. Well, he saw them to go, and I think that's kind of what like pushed him over the edge to leave because the Bills really didn't give up much for Diggs at all. They, they gave Hop- up more than Arizona gave up for Hopkins, right. though. I mean, goodness right. gracious. David Johnson's like a turtle. And Listen, that would have been a great trade four years ago. Right. When he was tearing the league up. Yeah, and then I, he got that contract, and now he's sucked ever since. Putting it bluntly. Yeah, I, I don't know how you only get that little for Hopkins when he is at least a top three receiver. Yes, at, at the very minimum. Only I would put only Michael Thomas and Julio Jones above him. So, right. yeah, I, like you, you get a second and a and damaged goods at running back, and then they ended up giving up a sixth or a seventh too. So they gave right. away a pick. So I, I mean, I just don't know how Bill O'Brien thinks that that was the best thing they could have gotten for DeAndre. I think if they legitimately were shopping him, they would have gotten a lot more. Yeah, it befuddles me. Like, I really don't, I don't know. If maybe like, if Johnson can, like, find what he was doing, like, two or three years ago, and, like, he becomes that type of running back again, that it'll be even, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, the trade, like, in the end would be yeah, even. It, he just has but, to get healthy. But you don't make a trade to where the best possible solution is, like, it's 50-50, you know what I mean? No, you want to win the trade. Right. And so at, the, at the very minimum, I would say at the very most, they're going to break even, but I don't think they're going to break even on this one. And there's like speculation now that Watson might go to the Patriots next year. Really? Oh, his rookie deal's up after next year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I think... I think... The odds were set for the next year's like Patriots week one starting QB. I think the first person was Stidham, and then number two was Watson. Like it was like maybe I think it was like plus 300 for Stidham and like plus 450 for Watson. Like it's not that much of a difference. That's crazy. I'd, I did not hear that at all. What I was hearing was that the Patriots would kind of just sit on Stidham for this year not really try to improve their team and and essentially tank. I know the Patriots aren't about tanking, but basically just be a bad team. And Mm -hmm. then next season, draft Trevor Lawrence in the first round because they would have a high enough draft pick if they're bad enough. Uh, Lawrence next year is probably going to go one, right? Uh, Yeah, I would assume so if, if it's a team that needs a quarterback at one. I, yeah, I don't think well, New England's going to be the it. worst team in the NFL. I, I don't think so either, but let's let's just look at this for a second. What bad teams out there right now need a quarterback? Because I can't think of many. I would say because the Patriots, although they're not going to be good next year, they're going to, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they need a quarterback unless Stidham right. is like the right. next Tom Brady. 
odds are it's probably no, not I'm... likely. Tom Brady is an, an anomaly. So they're going to need a quarterback likely. Maybe the the Jaguars have Gardner Minshew, but I don't know if he's their long-term guy. They could take uh, QB this year too, though. Like, yeah, they could. The like the Redskins are probably going to be a bad team, but they have Haskins, and they just traded for Kyle Allen. Right. Um, the uh, Dolphins are going to get their guy in this draft. They're going to draft somebody. Like, I don't. The Bengals will get one. Yeah, the Maybe Bengals the are going to. Like, I don't think. I don't think a lot of. I don't think there's going to be that many teams looking for a quarterback to build around next year or a guy to draft. So I think wherever the Patriots are, I would assume they're going to be a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. If they're going to be top 10 or 12, I don't think they're going to have to trade up at all to go get Trevor Lawrence because I don't think there's going to be that many teams looking for one. I don't know. I probably wouldn't see Lawrence falling past six, seven. Yeah, I mean, a team. I think a team would be smart – would be smart and take him and then you could I mean you can just use him as a trade chip or you can just use the pick and say like hey we're gonna take Trevor Lawrence from you from you if you don't trade us this collection of draft picks or whatever. Um that right. would be a smart thing for it to do. But in terms of team need, I don't think a lot of t- I think there's maybe two or three teams max that are going to be looking for a quarterback in the draft next year to start. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence could be an option. Out, so. That's true. I mean, and, and I Jared mean, Stidham could be a, a superstar. We don't know, but just realistically speaking, I think Lawrence is, could be a good option if Deshaun Watson falls through, and if Stidham is just not good. Right. You never know. I mean, I I would take Lawrence. I'm not saying uh, yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just. But you're just you're just saying that he may not be there, right? But anything could happen. But it's such a long time from now. I mean, we don't even know if the NFL season is going to start on time this year. So I would like to yeah, think no. so. You would, uh, but you don't but know how this suppose, thing's going to go out. So supposedly, I I heard this today. Don't quote me; I'm not an expert. But I heard that President Trump wants to get everything back up and running by like April, by Easter, which I'm pretty sure is not going to happen. Maybe if we are, we were reacting to this in January. Yeah. When maybe. Right. Maybe Easter could have been like realistic. I, they, if we go, if we try to operate like an, in Easter, I, I feel like that's just going to be more reason for people to get more like infected and whatnot unless we find a cure for this coronavirus in the next really in the next week because i mean in a week it's going to be april 1st uh unless we find a cure for this thing i don't think anybody's going to be seeing the light of day for uh, a while well even in that case too if we were to find one the amount of time it would take for everyone for the the people that are infected to have it now they have to be right. cured, so that would take that would take a while. Oh yeah, and, and, then, and you got to think of how much supply. Yeah, like how much supply you're gonna have to cre- like create. Yeah, right. Plus, you don't know. Variables. You don't know if there's people with like that's asymptomatic that could have it still. Right. Exactly. Know? Yeah. 
So I uh, yeah, yeah, that I, you might as well go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna I just think East is like unrealistic. It, it is. Uh we're kinda going off topic here. Um <laughs> but yeah, we, we just don't know how everything's gonna go. But we can move on now from well actually one more quick note on the Patriots. Uh they also got rid of your kicker, Steven Goskowski, as well. So uh, I know he's been kind of injury plagued over the last couple of years. I think he played two or three weeks this year and got hurt. And we had like four or five different kickers come in and play a couple games. They'd miss kicks. They'd get cut. We'd sign someone else. So hopefully mm-hmm. we can find like a, like it's like a certain like setting stone for that. So it's just not in and out all the time. This is like the first time in 20 years that the state of the Patriots has kind of been up in the air and don't know, don't know what they're going to be. Right. It's crazy. I mean, you could go out and make a trade for a quarterback. You could go out and get like Cam Newton. Well, Cam Newton was actually just cut. We'll talk about him here pretty soon. Cam Newton, you could go trade for Andy Dalton, which I wouldn't do. But I mean, you could <laughs> if, you wanted, if you wanted someone decent now and you didn't want to sacrifice, like you didn't want to throw away a season. Um, trying to think of other quarterbacks on the market. I mean, that's pretty much it at this point. Yeah, Mariota got signed. The mm-hmm. Bears traded for Foles. I don't. Yeah, I can't. I think that's think pretty much anybody. it. I mean, I guess we can go ahead and jump into Cam Newton now. So Cam Newton was cut by the Carolina Panthers. They tried to trade him, and they didn't end up getting anything from him. I think they shopped him to the Red or not the Redskins, but the Bears and the Chargers got nothing. Mm-hmm. So now he's on the open market. My best destination, and I talked about this on some previous shows, was the Washington Redskins. You think so? I think so. Well, because Ron Rivera is the head coach, and even though he may not want to have Cam, maybe there's part of him that doesn't want to have Cam, people tend to go with what's familiar, and Mm -hmm. he knows Cam's game. He knows exactly what kind of offense to put around him, even though he's a defensive-minded coach. And, I mean, Cam's healthy now, or so we think. And I think we could start to see the good Cam Newton again. And I think it would put the Redskins in a far better position to win now instead of waiting for Dwayne Haskins to develop if they don't think he will. Right. Uh, So that's why I thought it was the best destination. I think the Redskins traded for the wrong Carolina Panthers quarterback earlier today or yesterday or whatever it was getting Kyle Allen. So Right. Yeah, he probably could mentor. Uh, Haskins too, like yeah, like he could be your transition quarterback for a year or two. Have him for two years and then go with Haskins. That'd be I I, I like that actually. Um, I I thought that the best place for him would be the Chargers, even though they didn't want to trade for him. I figured, well, you figure that if no one trades for him, he'll get released. So why give anything up if you have oh, a yeah, gut feeling sure. that why have like if you have a gut feeling that you could be able to get him for like just money instead of having to give up like a sixth round pick or whatever. Right. Just because um like the Chargers are in LA, it's a big city, you kinda need a big name to sell tickets and jerseys and whatnot. Yeah. And then if you have Cam, he kinda like makes you relevant like if he's healthy like the physical set he was like he could the chargers have a really good team like they 
Yeah, they, they do. could probably they could more than likely make the playoffs if Cam is even like even uh, remotely like close to MVP form. Right. Plus, I mean, Tyrod Taylor hasn't really started a lot of games since the Browns. Couple like last yeah, year. really, really since Buffalo. So like, I, I, I would put my money on him going to Los Angeles. But I mean, like you said, though, the Redskins could easily work. Um, uh, it's probably not going to happen now, though, because they went and got Kyle Allen, and like from the same team. So I don't think Cam yeah, Newton is a legitimate one. option now. But I, I think the Chargers is. It's really one of the only teams this offseason that don't really have a solution at quarterback. I know Jameis Winston's still out there, mm-hmm. uh, but I would much rather Cam Newton than Jameis Winston. Right. Uh, and I feel like the Chargers would rather Cam Newton too, unless they want to draft somebody though. They could they could just not go after either of them, either of them and, and draft a guy like Justin Herbert because I believe they're what the number six pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, they could they could just draft somebody and just develop another another guy or or they could still sign one of those two and then pick up a quarterback and just have him sit for a year whatever right. they want to do i mean i think the chargers is probably the most likely option now because there's not that many other options out there yeah i like maybe the lions if they get rid of stafford yeah that's true stafford is kind of slowing down he's getting hurt a lot but I mean, that's just kind of a long shot kind of deal. But yeah, I would probably say the Chargers at this point. Yeah, I would too. I think that's it's probably the best fit now, knowing that Washington just got his backup. So right. um, let's see what's next on the agenda here. Yeah, so this one kind of hits home for me. Uh, Travis Frederick, starting center for the Dallas Cowboys, just retired today or was it today or yesterday uh i think it was today i know he was he was suffering from an autoimmune disease the uh, forgive me if i butcher the name but i believe it's gullian Barr syndrome it uh, attacks the the nervous system so parts of your body can go numb and and things like that certainly a uh scary situation for him but he ended up recovering for it from it two years ago played last season and now retiring i think it's probably a decision that he made in order to be with his family and not have any any uncertainty about whether or not i'm going to be be there for my family and i'm going to be able physically able to to be there for i believe he has one child be there for his child and be there for his wife i i i support the decision wholeheartedly am i am i a little disappointed sure but health trumps all and i want the man to be healthy so yeah, you as a fan, like you said, you're disappointed about it just because it's like that's like your all pro center. Yeah, he's like the best center in the league. But or one of. Like when you look at it from like an outside perspective, it's like it's just a game. And like yeah, like mm-hmm. the game like provided for his family and like set up for his like children and his like children's children and whatnot. But you only play that game for so long. And, like, the longer you play, like, the more likely you're to develop, like, diseases like CTE. Right. So Especially playing the center position, too. I mean, right. you've got it's a just nose tackle like, right across from your face every single play, and you get pounded every single play. 
Yeah, it like that. It like you said, it's disappointing, but like in the overall like long scheme of things, it's probably the right move. And I don't know if the coronavirus had anything to do with it because I know that the virus uh, it can affect people more who already have pre-existing medical issues like audio autoimmune diseases and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if that had anything to do with it because of just the uncertainty surrounding the whole situation. You don't we don't know how long the coronavirus is going to be around for. That could have even played a role, seeing that we had our first case in the NFL with head coach Sean Payton from the New Orleans Saints. But I don't want to speculate because obviously I, I don't know Travis Frederick. Right. And I, I don't know why he made his decision, but I mean, it could have been a reason. Yeah, it, who knows? It It's all just kind of guessing at this point. Honestly. Yeah, for sure. But it does leave a hole now for the, the Dallas Cowboys because what I thought they were going to do in the draft, I think they're around the 16th or the 17th pick in the first round. What I thought they were going to do was trade up into the top 10 because they, they let Byron Jones go. I thought they were going to trade up to inside the top 10 and draft Jeff Okuda from Ohio State. That's what I've been seeing on mm-hmm. different things. I thought that was going to be a, a legitimate thing they were going to try and do. But now with Frederick gone, you might scrap that plan and and go see if you can if there's a center in the first round or maybe just a versatile offensive lineman that has played center in the past and, right. and go get him. Because I know like the, the, the offensive line is the that's the identity of the Dallas Cowboys and it has been for the longest time, especially over the last like ten years with the guys they have up front. So I have a feeling they're probably gonna wanna wanna try to keep that thing strong because Frederick retired at 29 and we know Tyron Smith is getting up there in age and luckily Zach Martin, Lyle Collins and Connor Williams are still young, but, but it's it's an aging offensive line in its entirety. So yeah, it's a, this next couple of seasons is going to be really like fun just because how different the whole landscape of the NFL is. It is. It's crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I am nervous for the Cowboys, though, because they're leaving a lot of holes in their defense. Their secondary was their weakest part, and it's even weaker because they don't have Byron Jones anymore, and I don't know who they're going to get. They haven't really went out and tried to get anybody for the secondary. They did bring in Gerald McCoy from – he was in Carolina last year, so that's a good piece on the defensive line, but he's 32 years old, so he's not really a long-term fix. So I, I don't know. Their defense worries me. Offense worries me too because they let go of Randall Cobb and now the offensive line's weaker. I don't know if the Cowboys are going to be anybody any better next season than they were this past season. <laughs> yeah, like I said, dude, it, it's going to be fun just how different everything will be and all the uncertainty for each team. I'm excited to see where where Tampa Bay lines up because he's going to be playing against Drew Brees twice a year. Mm-hmm. And he's he's playing in the NFC where like 10 teams have legitimate shots at making the playoffs every year. And there's an extra playoff team in each conference this year. Yeah. So I uh, guess it's, it's going to be real fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm more than excited for it. it it's, yeah. The new CBA really kind of made this whole thing just kind of fun. I can't wait until, you know, like, preseason rolls around and I start making record predictions for all these teams. Cause I know we ended up, we did that. I think 
the last time you came on the show, we did some record predictions and it's a lot of fun doing that. So I can't wait to do that again, uh, especially with this season coming up. Uh, so the NFL draft coming up in April, it's going to be without fans, which is going to be, a, that's going to be weird. I don't know how they're going to do this. Sh- like if it's going to be a studio show or how they're going to do it. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting, but a lot of good quarterbacks in the draft, Jordan. There's a lot of good ones. Yeah. Or you have Burrow going one, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. I I guess going through the uh, – so I'll rank the these top quarterback prospects in terms of my opinion of them, mm-hmm. but I'll also kind of say where I think they're going to get drafted as well. Not necessarily team, but just the order they get drafted. So I think – for me, I think my top quarterback is Tua. The injuries obviously are a big concern, but he is more talented than any other quarterback in this field. And I think of him like a Russell Wilson, just throwing with his left hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he's far and away the best quarterback in the draft. We just don't know how healthy he is. And I know we were talking before uh, we started the show that you said that Tua put out a video today of him throwing again and moving around a little bit so it's exciting for him yeah uh i think he was working out with trent dilfer or someone like that and um he he like he did his like pre-count like his cadence he dropped Mm -hmm. back he like shifted like to the right and to the left and it like showed like how like his hip is healed right he and like he was like cut with it like he was really like like he was like agile, like he was just moving really well. And then when he threw, like it was like a good ball. Like you could tell that yeah. like it was like he's he looks good. I don't yeah. I don't know if I think that he would be my top QB just because like the improvement Burrow had from that first LSU season to having the greatest season in college football. It, I That's mean, true. That might, it might be recency bias more than me actually like seeing how much he improved, but like I test alone, I feel like it. I think Burrow is like one A, and then Tua would be one B. It's just like they're all really kind of you can't separate them. But yeah, I it's it's definitely like neck and neck. I think two is the best quarterback, but he's not going to go number one. Cincinnati's going to take Joe Burrow number one, and I I kind of agree with you. I think uh, I kind of agree with you with like the one A one B. Except I would just flip it. I would put Tua above Burrow. Um, but I, I think a lot of people feel the same way you do, just because of like you said the the recency bias and stuff. But I think Tua's number one on my list. Then I would say Joe Burrow. Then I would go Herbert. And then after that, uh, the next few are tough. Uh, I would probably say Jalen Hurts, then Jordan Love, then Jake Fromm. Really? Yeah, that's what I would say. You think that Herbert is like the worst out of all of them? Not Herbert. Uh, No, I had Herbert at number three. Oh, I thought you said No, I had Fromm at the bottom. So you have uh, Herbert at three, correct? Above, then Hurts, and then Fromm. Uh, flip Love and Hurts. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Herbert, yeah. 
see, um, I don't really know about Herbert. Like, obviously, like, he's physically, like, what you want in a QB. I like Jordan Love. I didn't necessarily watch him play. No, I don't think anybody did. <laughs> but but um, he really, really kills it on Madden. So, like, out of that aspect alone, I'll probably put him above Herbert. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, of Madden. <laughs> That's funny. From, from being last, I agree with. I, like, I just... I didn't like what I saw from him, like, at his time at Georgia. He'd really inaccurate. Like, he can throw the ball, but he missed a lot of his receivers at times. Hurts, I I think of Hurts as, like, Buddy Heald was in, like, basketball, ironically. There okay, I, I, I kind of like how you did that. Just because, like, you kind of know what you're going to get with him. Like, he could obviously improve and become a starter and do whatever. But, like, I kind of see him as, like, a Tannehill. He can, like, come in and, like, manage a game. But, like, he's not going to, like, wow you with his stats or, like, make, like, super impressive down-the-field throws. Like, he'll, mm-hmm. he can I, – I feel like he could come in and be, like, a really good game manager. Max, maybe like an Alex Smith, right, or, or some some type of player like that, and then yeah, I think Love and Herbert are probably about the same, like not about the same, but like are the same as Burrow and Tua, where they're almost like one A one B kind of players. Yeah, yeah, I get you. If I had to make comparisons for the quarterbacks, I said Tua already was like a Russell Wilson. Joe Burrow, for me, I've kind of seen this on different shows, and the more I heard it, the more I liked it. Joe Burrow compared to Tony Romo, and just watching him throw the football, I kind of saw the resemblance a little bit. And it helps that they both were number nine. I mean, I could see it just because, like, Burrow has that confidence to where he just kind of steps in and launches it. Like, yeah, really good receivers at LSU that helped a lot. But, I, yeah, I feel like he's a little, probably a little more mobile. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, a little more. But I, I can see that for sure. And I think the thing about it that really sticks out is like Joe Burrow isn't afraid to take shots down the field and neither was Tony Romo. And Romo, trust me, I, I know firsthand he threw a lot of picks in his day. <laughs> But like he didn't care. Like it was always just next play. Mm-hmm. He was gonna. He was just gonna continue to cut it loose. He wasn't afraid of it. And I don't think Joe Burrow is either. So that's where I see the the comparison. No, yeah, I I can see it for sure. I oh, you don't want to compare him to Mahomes because Mahomes is like a unicorn. <laughs> but, but like. Yeah, maybe like a like a more agile, more like of an athlete esque kind of Romo, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I can, yeah. I can definitely see that though for sure. I, yeah, I think he's definitely more mobile and can run with the ball a little bit better if he had to. Um, but Romo, Romo wasn't an athlete. He was just he just had that pocket presence, that <laughs> that pocket awareness, just to be able he to could move around. evade 
evade every single rusher that came at him. And he would, I mean, he'd even break JJ Watts ankles in the pocket. Like, I don't know how Romo did it because he, he was, he's kind of built like Ben Roethlisberger, like six, two and, and like two twenty. Yeah. Kind of a bulky guy, but like both him and big Ben can move in the pocket. Like it's crazy how big those guys are and, and built, but they can, they still got that pocket awareness and can just yeah, get out yeah. of the pocket. Plays. I agree for sure. Now uh, these these other quarterbacks, it's kind of difficult to make comps just because I haven't watched them as much. I guess Jalen Hurts reminds me a lot of Dak. I could see that. Jalen Hurts is definitely more of an athlete, definitely a faster quarterback. But I think throwing the football, they're the same because they're mm-hmm. they don't have great deep balls, but they're good in the short intermediate game. Yeah, I I could see that for sure. What do you think of Fromm? Jake Fromm, I think, is... I hate using the term game manager because all quarterbacks are game managers. Some are just right. better at it than others. So I, I really hate that term. But that's what... If if we're using that like prototype term, that's what I think of it when I hear Jake Fromm's name is like a just someone who's going to do enough to keep you in a game. Mm-hmm. And the person I... Th- think of the most in the NFL is Kirk Cousins except Kirk Cousins can really light it up sometimes and I don't think Jake Fromm can but in terms of just managing the game I think of Kirk Cousins Cousins has his moments where he's like a really really good QB like he can stuff the stats man right yeah and then there's those moments where it's like Oh my gosh, this dude is horrible. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. Like the Vikings made the made it to the NFC championship with Case Keenum. Very next season, Cousins can't even get him a wild card spot. Yeah, he, I don't and know. It's the same team. Like they're no, they didn't lose anybody. It was the same exact team. They just took out Keenum and put in Cousins. Yeah. From I back to I I like I like from like the Cousins comparison. Uh, I think I have two Two more on here, Herbert and and Jordan Love. I don't see the thing about Jordan Love is, is I just don't know that much about him. I haven't seen him play, but people think he's like the sleeper quarterback in this draft. I'm telling you, people, he tears it up on Madden. Is he super athletic and like and fast? Yeah, yeah. He has a cannon. Like straight cannon. I guess the a quarterback coming to mind and you said his name earlier. I I I guess I kind of think of Alex Smith because Alex Smith is actually pretty athletic. When he was in Kansas City, he used to run with the football quite a bit. And Alex Smith has a rocket. I mean, he had to throw to Tyreek Hill for a couple years, so he had to have a rocket. Right. Um, so I kind of think of him, but of course, Jordan Love is just far more fast and athletic. Yeah, like, um, what was it? I, I didn't really... Like I didn't get to see him much during the season, but during my free time and when I play Madden, like he, he he's pretty good. <laughs> he, he, I I like him solely off of the fact that he is good on Madden. <laughs> is he a superstar developer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figured that's that's dope. He, he gets the the bazooka X factor, so like he can really bomb it. Just really sling it down there. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about like what do you think about Herbert's comp? I don't know what Herbert's comp would be, honestly, because I yeah, I uh, no well idea. actually 
okay, so I know Herbert, he's got like, he's kind of got everything you would want in terms of like the rocket arm and he can be accurate, but I've seen stuff where he kind of just disappears in big games and he's not a very good leader. He doesn't talk or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And the person that I think of when I hear like the not a good leader and doesn't talk to anybody is Mariota. I think he's more physically like suited to be a quarterback than Mariota is. I, I agree. But that whole mindset of like kind of like disappearing in big games and kind of just like fading out for a while, I I can see that for sure. A little bit like Baker, not okay. not physically, but like in the mindset of gotcha. like like if he does bad, like a little like stretch of games, like that could like mess with his mindset later on. And like affect his play and whatnot, but yeah, I I'd, I'd say like physically, like I want to think of like maybe Philip Rivers. Ooh, um, and I love Philip Rivers. I'm a big Philip Rivers guy, so I I kind of like that a little bit. But that's kind of me just taking shots because I like you said I really didn't get to watch him much during the season. Yeah, I like and I'm I'm just not a huge college football guy. I love the draft and when the draft comes around I really like start looking into m- more stuff, but like when college football is on I I'm more of an NFL guy than college football. Like college football That's doesn't how get am. me amped up. It doesn't get me amped up on a Saturday, but on a Sunday, I mean, I'm bouncing off the walls ex- like just waiting for Cowboys football to start and then I'm either really sad that like we lost or like I'm excited for next week. Right. I love NFL football way more than I do college football. Like the thing for me is it's like the first, like probably three to four weeks of college football. It's kind of like playing Appalachian state or like, yeah, Mm-hmm. those teams so like you're not really like invested into it like the games obviously mean something but like you're not as like oh my god like ohio state is playing whoever but week mm-hmm. one if new england's playing say i don't know the vikings you're like oh my oh like that's a really good game to watch like i should yeah. watch that like you're yeah, more like- attentive to like those kind of games more than like the out of conference kind of like app state like bowling green ball state kind of games or like chattanooga state playing alabama right. or whatever <laughs> yeah, like, yeah like, you're not gonna watch that game like it's like, just because you know it's because it's gonna end 72 to nothing and it's not gonna be fun for anybody like right even, like even alabama no gets investment bored. in it yeah. Even Alabama gets bored and they're playing the game. So, and then you turn into the third quarter and like Alabama has like their fourth string like quarterback <laughs> in. You're like, it's just it's just not as like engaging until it's like probably like I said probably around like game four or five in the college season. And at that point, everything's kind of getting settled down. Like you're kind of going to the beginning of conference play games and stuff like that. So it's like mm-hmm. more competitive games. So you kind of tune in more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that does it for our NFL compar- uh, quarterback comparisons for the draft. I think 
the way they get drafted, I think it's Burrow first. Then it's either going to be Tua or Herbert, and I think that just depends on Tua's health and what teams think of him. Then it's probably Jordan Love, then either Hurts or From. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably roll with that. Well, Burrow and my Burrow being 1A, a 1B, but besides that, yeah. That leaves us now with the, the last thing on our agenda here. Um, a little bit of XFL, the the little brother of football, I guess. So we had our the first player in the XFL to get signed to the NFL, uh, PJ Walker, a quarterback. I don't, I don't know who he played for. He uh, got signed by the Carolina Panthers. I think it was the Houston Roughnecks. I think I'm gonna that's have what to the team was up called. Here. It was Houston, but I don't, I don't know what the team was named, but it was definitely Houston. Uh, okay, well, I looked up his name and it says he's a quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. So, <laughs> <hang on. laughs> okay, the, now they're telling me about Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to back up Teddy Bridgewater. This is not what I wanted to look up XFL. Uh, again, I don't. I just want to know who he played for. <laughs> Whatever, oh gosh. whatever Houston's team okay. name was, that's yeah, it's, that's yes, it was. You're, you were right. It was the Houston Roughnecks. That's, yeah, that's what I thought. But he was far and away the best quarterback in the XFL. So for him to get signed, yeah, he was. I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, what was he so, saying? You, you <laughs> um, I was saying like he was far and away like the MVP of that league. Like he was, he was making highlights and. He was doing the Patrick Mahomes like no look throws and yeah I know all, this, all like the cool so plays good. that get people intrigued. I he'll I I think he'll be good in the in the NFL honestly as a backup. Yeah, if he gets an opportunity, because I mean Teddy Bridgewater he's healthy now, but he has injury history. So if for some reason he had to step in, who knows? Could be looking at our first XFL star in the NFL. He's fun to watch. He he's mobile. He can throw. He's accurate. It'll, it'll be cool seeing. It's cool how like they're allowed to sign in the NFL and Andrew Luck's dad's the commissioner of the XFL and all of us. Yeah, that is really cool. I didn't realize that that was Andrew Luck's dad until someone said it on TV <laughs> one day, and I was like, "What? That's not Andrew Luck's dad. Get out of here." That's pretty dope, though. It's fun. I'm glad that it was made and it gives even um, kids that want to provide for their family early on that like don't want to go to college. Like they're allowed to go into the XFL. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really good. I think uh, the, one of the corners, he was like the third rated corner or whatever. Um, The chief signed him. His name's like Jordan. Taamu or oh, something I like that. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking I about. I think yeah. I think he um he was in college and then he left and then he went to the XFL and I think I think that was his path. But I mean, I could be wrong and be completely like misnaming someone. But the Chiefs signed him today or yesterday too. But he he's pretty good and like I, it. I'm glad like the players have an, like an alternative to where they can provide for their family. Like instead of having to go to college and waste two years, if they're not having like the mindset of like stand for all four. 
Right. It's just like a quicker way to the NFL, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And especially if you're a kid that's going to a school that doesn't really get a lot of looks from NFL scouts, going to the XFL, I think, gives you that opportunity and that platform to showcase your skills and you'll get a lot more recognition. Right, yeah. Uh, is there anyone else that's been – I know you mentioned – I think you mentioned a corner, Tayamu or or whatever you said his name was, and then uh, P.J. Walker. Is there anyone else that got, has been signed by the uh, – uh, from the XFL? I thought there was another QB, but, I mean, I really only saw the Jordan dude and uh, P.J., so, I, mean, we, I could I could be missing someone. I, there could be a few, but I um. Oh, whoopsie Daisy, Tiamu's a quarterback, not a corner. I said he was a corner. Whoopsie, but yeah. So I think there's only two quarterbacks, and then maybe a few other players at different positions. But yeah, yeah I was just scrolling through some articles here. I saw. Like other like NFL news, I saw Trent Williams like demanded a trade. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Resume. I think I saw. Yeah, I think I saw that. How recent was that? Uh, I think it was either it was either yesterday or the day before. He's really good. I I thought the Browns were gonna trade for him last year, like trade Odell Beckham. Or something like that because they talked about moving off of Odell. Maybe you go get Trent Williams and make that offensive line better. And you still have Landry right. as a number one receiver. But they didn't end up doing that. And then I I kind of like what the Browns have done this offseason. They went out and got Jack Conklin at tackle. So that makes their offensive line better. And they went and got Austin Hooper. Tight end is now upgraded above Njoku because Njoku is just not a healthy option. And I think Austin Hooper is like a tier below like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and Zach Ertz. I think he's like right below them. So mm-hmm. I like the moves, but I'm still not going to hop on the Browns bandwagon because until they prove it, they're they're still the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I agree. Um, I see all these people thinking like is it the browns year is it the browns year well it's the browns year about, every year and they always they suck talk about, they talk about hooper the hooper signing and the Coughlin deal but they don't talk about the fact that they lost christian christian kirksey that's they that lost, is very true they lost uh joe schubert i mean their defense got worse i would say i think they brought in andrew sandejo at safety um, so that'll make them get better on the back end. But, I mean, yeah, the linebacker position certainly a lot thinner now. I I totally didn't even think about that, that they lost Kirksey and, and uh, Joe Schobert. Well, I mean, the draft, you could always fill the holes in the draft or trade up For or sure. whatever. But at the moment, I don't, I don't see them being better than the Chiefs, the Ravens. Heck, the Steelers signed Eric Ebron. Yeah. Oh my. They they could be they could be a sleeper. And Ben's gonna be back. Like if if like, Caveman Ben is back. Yeah. What's up with he's his healthy? Beard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. He looks like a they, fat chipmunk. They could literally be in the same position in their division next year than they are, like as they were this year. 
crazy thing is, is this the Steelers almost made the playoffs without Ben. They had they were switching between Mason Rudolph and Devlin Duck Hodges, and they almost made the playoffs. Yeah. So exactly. and they, so they had no business do? being there. Yeah, like that tells you that the Steelers are gonna be in the playoffs next year, exactly. assuming that Ben doesn't get hurt again or other injuries. Yeah, the AFC is like sneaky good. Because you, you have the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Steelers could be a sleeper. You have the Bills. Yeah, the Bills are probably gonna win their division now. The Bills, you have who else am I missing? The Titans. The Texans, Titans, yeah. The Texans mm-hmm. will probably be bad. They just, the they just have a really good. They have a bad offensive line. The Texans do. Now they have a damaged goods at running back, and they don't have maybe and the best receiver in football anymore. Yeah. The Colts could be decent. They're going to be better with Philip Rivers, I think. Yeah. So like it, it's a toss up. Um, the Browns could go. Uh, 10 and 6, 10 and 7. And oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's 17 games. I forgot they have that extra game. Ten, yeah, 17 games this year. So, who knows? I I honestly don't think that they'll make it this year. Um, I mean, I don't think so either. I mean, they like I'm only going to believe it when they do it. Yeah, that, that's that's how I am. I, I mean, for being from Ohio, like you obviously want to root for them to be good. But I, I just I don't know. I just don't. Think I mean, that they can, that, growing up, go ahead. Sorry, you got to finish. No, I, 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 was, I was done. Growing up, I was actually I always rooted for the Bengals more than I did the Browns. I don't know why, really? but like I, like I liked I loved Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer is one of my top three favorite quarterbacks ever, and they had Chad Johnson, and I I loved the Bengals growing up. They were probably my obviously a far and away a second to the cowboy like nobody can come close to the cowboys but if i was going to root for another team it would have been the bengals so i i mean i i would say i'm probably more a fan of the bengals than i am the browns the browns are just too dysfunctional to root for anything yeah and it sucks too because they have the talent to win a super bowl on offense anyway they do yeah defense not so much anymore but their offensive side is so crazy good and I mean, just, their defense is still fine, even without those two linebackers, because they can plug those holes with with a few people. And I think their secondary is fine, and they're going to get Miles Garrett back. I think the defense, it's obviously worse, but I think it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's just it's crazy because they could be so good, but maybe their new coach, maybe he can turn it around. That's the thing. Yeah, we don't even know how good this coach is gonna be we don't know if i mean is this gonna be another one and done coach like is this like i mean can't fire a coach after one season i mean but freddie kitchens wasn't good anyways kitchen kitchens should have never been their head coach whatsoever i always thought that williams greg williams should have stayed as their head coach because he kind of he like kitchens was trying in my eyes was trying to be like a buddy buddy coach and with a team with like that many like personalities and egos, I feel like you need kind of like a strict kind of like Belichick kind of just like all business, like no, mm-hmm. no BS whatsoever, kind of like set this law down kind of coach. Yeah. 
and Freddie Kitchens had no business being a head coach for any team because he's never been a head coach at any level of football ever in his life. Not peewee football, not high school football, not college football. And then he's suddenly an offensive coordinator and Baker has a few good games. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, we want him to be our next head coach. Right. Like, like, it, it, it doesn't have any, any head sense. coaching experience and you're just going to throw him in there. And like, his offensive game plans, they, they switched so many times from week to week. Like it seemed like they always, sh- they, what they should have done the whole year was run the offense through Nick Chubb and let the passing game be secondary. And it seemed like it was like one game you run with Nick Chubb and then the next three, it's all Baker Mayfield and he's throwing picks left and right. And then you go back to Nick Chubb, it works, they win. Then they lose, like, there's no consistency. And you got, oh, my bad. But you got to <laughs> stick with what, you got you to gotta make adjustments and figure out what works. And clearly, Baker Mayfield throwing the football all the time wasn't working last year. It's like, because you would think, because Nick Chubb is really good. He is. Like, he's really good. Like, you would think you would just kind of, like, feed him until he can't go. And then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, you let the passing come second. But then when you have that inconsistency, you have Baker, like, I feel like you trying to, like, make hero kind of throws and trying to force the issue to where people, he could be like, oh, like, I'm not struggling. It's like our offense is more than just running. And yeah. then that, and then that happens where he throws, like, multiple picks a game and then people just kind of, like, ride on him for that. And then Kitchens feels like pressured to run the ball, and they run, and then they win. And right? Then, yeah, it, like, it, yeah. It was. It's all of it. that team was such a mess last year. You'd have Odell and Jarvis cussing out Kitchens on the sidelines and telling people to come get them, and all of that mess should like should have never even happened. And until the Browns prove to me that. They like all they got to do is just, just make the playoffs first. Don't be talking about NFC cha- or AFC championships and Super Bowl. It's just win your division first or make a wild card first. Don't like I don't I I just hate the I hate how people hype it up like oh they're they're gonna be in the AFC championship they're gonna talking about like they have the talent. Yeah. I mean everybody in the Patriots building is all grown ups. These guys can't stop running their mouths and. Yeah, they may be more talented than the Patriots, but they're not going to beat the Patriots. Like, it's just right. that simple. You like, saw what happened know. when they played during the year. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was awful. It was a bloodbath. It's sad, but, you know, it's it happens. It... Wow. Um, did, did you just drop everything? <laughs> yeah. Um, you just, like you said, you just have to get, they have to prove it for you to actually believe in them because otherwise you're just going to be keep getting disappointed and expectations will fire back up. If something, one type of move happens and then they get in their own heads and their heads like balloon. And yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see here in, in September how, how it starts up and how it happens before we wrap, wrap things up. I know you're, you're a big NBA guy. With the season, I mean, it's kind of on pause right now. We don't know when it's going to start back up and in what way it's going to start up. But I would assume when it starts back up, we're probably just going to go straight to the playoffs. We're probably not going to play the remainder of the regular season. So since the regular season is essentially over, who is the MVP? Giannis. Really? No doubt. I, I, I agree with you. I'm just a lot there, of people are saying LeBron. There... 
is no doubt that LeBron should even come close to winning this. Um, also, it's not even close. No. Like, the push LeBron had made it to where it wouldn't be a unanimous MVP. But uh, there, there is no way LeBron should even come close to winning the award. Giannis has been on an absolute tear. He has performed almost every game. He doesn't have the help LeBron has. Like he, LeBron literally has a 30 and 15 dude on his team. Now, Middleton obviously was an all-star. Bledsoe's obviously a really good role player. Brooke Lopez is like a seven-foot Steph Curry. <laughs> like, like, obviously, Giannis has probably like the better role players, but LeBron literally can defer, score 15 points, get 14 assists and like seven rebounds, and AD could go for like 32 and 17, and the Lakers win by 17 or so. And then, and then it's just like all LeBron was just feeding his boy AD, and then. Then, like, the narrative is, like, when LeBron would score, like, 30 and have, like, 10, it's like, oh, my God, the MVP. Right. I No, I it, agree with you. Like I said, like, it, it won't be unanimous. Like, LeBron obviously should get some votes. But I, that, I just don't think there is any way that Giannis could lose it. Well, at this point in the season, Giannis is averaging, like, 31 minutes a game or 30 minutes a game. and he's averaging 30 points a game so a point per minute like 14 boards like six assists and he's having a career year from behind the three-point line i think it what was it around 34 35 percent which is not bad for him which is not bad for him at all yeah so like that's almost league average so yeah so he has been lightning he's been doing way more than any player could do in the amount of time that he's playing. Right. And he's being efficient. Yeah. Like super and, efficient. Yeah. Like if he, if he gets a consistent jump shot because his three pointer is not always consistent. And if he can hit from the mid range, I mean, he literally is going to be unstoppable, like unstoppable. He's already un- pretty much unstoppable as it is. But if you give him a jump shot, I mean, it's, it's over for the rest of the yeah. league. It's over. Yeah, I I agree. Yon, he's an absolute animal. What do you do? How do you guard him? I don't I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that question would be. Yeah, if he develops that, that would be insane. Because if he if because he's kind of stepping into like transition, like top of the three, top of the key threes, like now. So like if he could get like super comfortable and knock those down, even somewhat reliable, it, yeah, it's scary. It's nuts. So Giannis is the MVP. We both agree on that. Playoff. Let's assume that regular season's over and playoffs start up. Who is making it to the NBA Finals and who wins? Probably the Milwaukee. I'd say the Clippers. Ooh, okay. The Clippers bench is entirely too good. Like I know in the playoffs, like it just in the playoffs, it's kind of like who your like the best lineup is like the best like starting five or whatever but um i think when the lakers have to go into their bench in the playoffs whether you bring in kuzma who's garbage (laughs) rondo who is bad rondo is really bad this year oh my goodness 
Caruso is a, he's a good bench player. Yeah, he's a, he's a good rotation piece. It kills me to say it because I don't like him at all, but he's a you good respect he's a the good, goat man. He is the goat. He's, he's a good <laughs> bench player, but like other than him and maybe Dwight, because Dwight's been playing pretty good this year too. You don't like they don't have that much firepower off of the bench. I agree with you. I, and I then, agree one hundred percent. And then you go to the Clipper side. It's like, okay, well they start. Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi, Zubok, and who's their starting the two? Oh, no. the two guard. Yeah. It's not Shamit. Um, it's not not Lou Williams because he comes off the bench. He's sixth man, no. I'm pretty sure. Who is that? Um, is it Reggie Jackson now? No, he comes off the bench too. Does he come off the bench? That's another good pe- uh, piece off the bench is Reggie Jackson. Let me let me look maybe this up. It, maybe it is Shamit. I thought Shamit came off the bench though. Clippers starting lineup. Well, Let's maybe see what it comes up with. Is it? Do they start Jermichael oh, Green? It just, get, it just comes up with the roster. It doesn't come up with. It the, might. Uh, they might. They might start Jermichael Green at the four, and then. Ryan. Um. Actually, no. So what it is is you've got four of them, right? It's Beverly at the one. They have Paul George at the two, Kawhi, Kawhi. Leonard at the three, then Marcus Morris at the four, Zubac at the five. Oh, yeah. that is it. Makes oh, sense. So, so they're they're running a big lineup, but I would have. I was thinking along the same lines as you. I was thinking it was like Shamet or somebody smaller, and they were running a small ball lineup. Right, but all right. So off their bench, they have Lou Williams, Harold, best six man all around. Yeah, Harold brings the energy. So Her- did you know that Harold scores like eighteen points a game? I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's I like all that. dunks. Literally, it's just energy plays. Like it's just being at the right spot at the right time. Like it, it's crazy. So you have Lou Williams, Harrell, Reggie Jackson now. Jermichael Green can come off the bench and play decent minutes. Shamit is a really good shooter, and he can play kind of good D. And it's like there's four players right there that could give you at minimum 10 points. Yeah. And it's just like – and like they're not liabilities on defense besides Lou Williams. And like you, and you could hide him on a Danny Green or an Avery Bradley. Could. So I could. I I just think that they're the better suited team. Um, deeper doesn't necessarily mean that they're better, obviously, but right. I just I just think that it certainly helps though when you have yeah better right. players off the bench than than anyone than other teams. But if those two were to make it, the Bucks and the Clippers, I don't. I want to lean the Clippers just because Kawhi has done it before. Yeah, but. Pure talent. Giannis is, I don't, that's crazy. I don't know. It, I'd say like it's like 60-40 Clippers favored. If it's that matchup, I would likely agree because I think the Clippers, they have the better bench, but also I think they have better shooters too. Giannis doesn't have as many shooters around him that Kawhi and PG have. So I think I would I would err on the side of the Clippers. I, I think the Lakers and the Clippers are the most likely matchup in the western conference finals i'm biased so i'm not gonna pick between the two i'll just roll <laughs> with your yeah like i'm a lakers fan so i'm not gonna right. I'm, I'm not gonna be biased but i would probably lean in that direction too. clippers over the bucks like if it's lakers bucks i don't know if i could bet against lebron but like i feel like milwaukee has the better team 
I think so too. I know the last time they played LeBron kind of shut him down. He ended up guarding Giannis and they did a good job on him, but that's just one game. This is a seven game series. So, and it's likely going to be uh, like home court advantage is likely going to favor the bucks because they have the better record. Right. So at first two, first two games are going to be in, in Milwaukee and game seven is going to be in Milwaukee. And role players play better at home. Without a doubt. And if like Chris Middleton gets hot for a game, the game ain't over. But like it, it just makes it really tough. (laughs) Yeah, just because you know Giannis is good for thirty and fifteen, you know Brooke Lopez is gonna hit at least two or three threes. Mm -hmm. Let's so like all of them. I I I, it's hard to pick against Milwaukee in that situation. But like I said, you can never really bet against LeBron in the playoffs. So like I don't know. I think the Lakers would be a great story because, I mean, you literally had the the most important player ever in the history of your franchise die in January, the end of January, responsible for five championships. And then same season, you go out and win a championship. That would be the most incredible story ever. Like, you just couldn't write it. That's another reason why I think LeBron's MVP, like, race against Giannis is being like so thought up because when you like listen to these talk shows and stuff they all bring up on how LeBron has to carry the burden of Kobe's death on his shoulders and yeah it's it's like all of that but like if you base it down to like a pure statistical like just straight basketball standpoint like Giannis's season is far and away better than LeBron's I, I yeah I agree I think yeah, you you've really hit the nail on the head with that one. I mean, we may not even get a, a playoff, so we may not get to see these scenarios happen. I don't know. It would be hard for me to believe that the NBA would drop would end up calling this season a wash, and that would be really disappointing if they did. Yeah, I after everything that's happened, I I feel like they're gonna do whatever they can to extend it. Like even if you just you cut out the rest of the regular season games and just say sorry to the teams that were vying for that number eight seed, like I mean, because that's all you can say. What else can you say right. other than sorry? I I don't know. Like I think that's just what you got to do is just cut out the rest of the regular season and just roll with the eight you have and just play it out. Yeah, I agree. Zion or Jaw for rookie of the year? Ooh, oh, this is a this is a good one. I'm going with John Morant, though. Nope. Zion. It's it's jo- Listen, Zion didn't play for the first three months of the year. Okay, and I get that. And any other year, Jaw wins it. I, I just, Zion, he scored 20 in every game he played in, but maybe besides like one. He, he's the better player by far. Oh, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree, but I think you have to have a full body of work. Like I said, I'm really sorry for Joe, but I. <laughs> well, you say I, it like it's a foregone <laughs> conclusion that he's gonna lose. I, I I would I would give it to Zion. I'm not denying that he's the better player or that he's gonna have the better career, but gotta play the whole year, man. No, I I agree. I mean, Jaw isn't gonna play the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I honestly, I just think that what Zion did in his twenty or so games he played in is more impressive like there i i agree that there should be a limit of games played right right if it's neck and neck 
and one dude's played 65 and one dude's played 44, you're obviously going to get it to the dude that's played 65. I feel like what Zion did in the games that he played in made up for the fact that he missed those games. And Jaw really, I mean, he started off super good in the year. Killed it. Almost ended Kevin Love's career. Right. Like, jumped (laughs) over a human over probably six foot ten. Yeah, he's probably seven inches taller, and they cleared him with no... (sighs) Anyway, jaw kind of slumped, and, like, the rookie wall hits about probably 90% of all the rookies. Zion really didn't have a rookie wall. Granted, he didn't play that many games to, like, 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 um, acquire one, but I think what he did, dude, I think it just, like, negates the games he missed. Personally, like I said, I'm sorry for jaw. I like the dude. I mean, he's really, he's super good, obviously. But I would give it to Zion. Agree to disagree. That's what I'll say. So that's funny. Agree. Hey, both good, both good players. Both good players. Uh, we can agree on that. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, anyhow, thanks for coming on, man. This is awesome. A lot of fun. Can't wait to do it again. For sure, dude.